Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 77 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here, for all the love and support. It really means the world to me. Thank you for all the messages. I really, I'm blown away. I love doing these episodes. I really hope that whatever you're doing right now, either you're commuting, are you walking your dog, you're going for a walk, or whatever you're doing, I hope these episodes really gives you some kind of insights and inspiration into the magic world of music licensing and how to earn money by selling your music on royalty-free libraries. Hopefully, this is evoking some type of um, good feelings, good vibes, positive vibes and possibilities for you. And understand that there is a lot of opportunity for us out there in the music licensing, uh, specifically selling on royalty-free libraries. Uh, I've met so many composers uh, from all walks of life. Composers that are involved as well with bigger libraries or bigger publishers, meaning that they only sell their music. They don't sell it, really. They just license it. And uh, meaning that they just upload to certain libraries. They upload um, an album, if you will, of 10 tracks. And then these publishers, they just get placements or they just pitch this music track to the networks or TV shows. And that's how they actually... uh, get paid with performing royalties and whatnot. But these type of composers, they don't sell their music on Pond 5. Okay? There are some, not every, not everybody. Okay? There are some composers that are like that, and I have met many of those. And they still believe that Pond 5 and Audio Jungle, oh, uh, <laughs> the quality is not good, which is not true anymore. We know very well that stock music, the quality has been... Uh, increasing over the years. And this is true as well for stock photos or stock video. You can get now stock video in 4K. Same is with music. The music quality now has increased in stock libraries. And I invite you to join Audio Jungle and pass the review process because it has certainly got tougher over the years. When I first got started back in 2013, I believe it was, you could get away with a lot of things. You can upload <laughs> some some demos. I have some terrible tracks on Audio Jungle. I mean, you can go and look at them. I don't know how they made it back then, but they did pass a review process, But and I, I was terrible. They have some sales, but uh, if I uploaded that track today, they will definitely get rejected, no question. So there, there's a lot of confusion when it comes down to stock libraries, and a lot of composers that are <laughs> ignoring the fact that you can still sell on Pawn 5 music it just it amazes me still to this day. So it's my goal to spread the knowledge of stock libraries and marketplaces like Pond5 and Audio Jungle. And how can you earn money by selling your music there? All right? You can always be approaching bigger publishers, if you will. But there's no reason why you should be ignoring selling your music on royalty-free libraries. I mean, you're just leaving money on the table. And it's easier to actually get money because you can get paid every month. Uh, what are you doing waiting for every quarter to get paid from your PROs, from your performance royalties? I mean, if you get paid every quarter, you better be getting a lot of placements in order to make enough money to live off that. With royalty-free libraries, you can easily earn, in the early stages, 500 to to $1,000 per month. 
Now, I know that it might not sound to you like a six figures, but you have to start somewhere, okay? It's a long road when it comes down to music licensing, and it's a very, uh, it's a road of patience and perseverance, but you can get started today. You can open an account today and start uploading. If you do that, you're one step closer, okay, to sell your music and to start earning, and the moment you do that, you're in the business of music licensing immediately. I don't care if you just have one track and you are only selling one track, but that that's the simple process. That's a simple process, and it's my goal with this podcast to inspire you to get your music out there and start earning money today, not tomorrow. Today, today we're going to be talking about speed and action. Okay, and and, and this is going to be the theme of this uh, episode. But before we get into the content of this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by Stock Music Licensing Academy. If you would like to learn more about how to earn money selling stock music online, go to stockmusiclicensing.com, click Academy, and go and check out the Ultimate Stock Music Masterclass. Go and read all the testimonials of all the hundreds of students who have already gone through the course and seen success. Again, if you would like to learn how to monetize your compositions, go to stockmusiclicensing.com and click Academy. Now, let's dive right into the content of this episode. Okay, today we're going to be talking about how to compose and upload a music track the same day. So what, am I, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that you're going to compose a brand new music track, mix it, master it, file preparation, wrap it up, and upload it the same day. Um, on my latest episode, episode 76, I was talking about how to sell world music on, on royalty-free libraries and why that is important. I was uh, talking about how I compose a Latin track in four hours and I upload it the same day. And it got review on Melody Loops the same day. By the end of the night, that music track was accepted and it was online. So if you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend it. Okay, It's episode 76, Selling World Music on Royalty-Free Libraries. All right, And why that is important. So I want to carry on with that theme because that day I composed that track in four hours. I even share that track in, inside the SML Mastermind community to inspire the members of, of my private community to see that you can actually create something uh, unique, fresh, and fast in one day. Upload it and get review. So it, it was a very good exercise. Uh, this is a very good exercise for you if you're having a troubles finishing your tracks or if you're having troubles really getting started, or you're very unfocused, okay? This is a very good exercise. So here I'm gonna give you three tips on how to compose and upload music the same day. And this means really quick decisions, fast action, and enough about overthinking and really dwelling on if this is the right sound or should you change that kick drum again, all right? So tip number one, write on a loop. If you've been following me, you know that I like to write my music tracks on a loop, meaning that when I open Logic, and by default, Logic has like a loop, uh, engage, if you will. It's like a four-bar loop. And what it is, is that I just lock myself on a four-bar loop, or eight, depending on the composition, 
And what I do is that I just uh, play to a click track and I write either a piano a chord progression or a guitar chord progression. And this is really, really good in terms of uh, an exercise. And I have spoken about this uh, not only here on different episodes, but as well on my YouTube channel. And this is the core of my teachings. This is where I say, this is how I do it. This is how fast I can go by writing on a loop. And the best way to do that is to lock yourself, limit yourself, constrain is the, the name of the game. You want to give yourself as much limitation as possible. So when you lock yourself in a, in a loop, you're forcing yourself to, <laughs> to make sure that you have a good core progression in a four-bar loop. If you can't do that on a four-bar loop, it's not happening in eight or 16. It better happen in four, okay? Even if you're just using two chords, you can write music with two chords, but you can still be locked on a loop. The loop is, is going to liberate you uh, in order to create something that <laughs> it cannot happen otherwise if you had uh, endless, uh, how, how do you say, uh, bars, if you will, all right? Because when you open your door, you see the timeline. You can, it could be overwhelming to say, well, I have to fill up now this uh, a minute and a half or two minutes of music, you know, horizontal. I don't go horizontal. I go vertical. So I write on a loop. And what it means is that I stay in that loop until I have all of my instruments, pretty much. So I write first my chords, then my melodies, then my percussion, and then any supporting instruments. So I'm adding tracks on a loop, and I just go down. I go down, so you will see my session going down. I'm going vertical, not horizontal at this point. So I write on a loop, and that's the best way for me to come up with ideas. And it's just looping away. And that way I can make sure that I have a good uh, yes, piece of music, four-bar loop of uh, chords, melodies, percussion, and everything else that the track needs. After that, I get out of the loop mode and I just start to arrange. And by that I mean that I just copy-paste uh, certain elements and then I decide when are these elements are going to kick in. And I pretty much just establish uh, an intro, a verse, a chorus, a midsection, and then a chorus again, and then the ending. This is when I go now horizontal and, and really spread that idea, that four-bar loop idea into a full arranged track. So I really take a lot of pride in doing this. I am not a pioneer of this type of composition. There's a lot of musicians out there and composers doing this. Uh, but I just like to be the prophet of it, if you will, because it has worked for me very well. And that Latin track that I was talking about uh, on episode 76 that I composed in four hours was done like that. And I apply that to any composition of mine. My constraints are what make me really compose music faster and more efficient. And I give myself as well very little time for decision making, meaning that if the drums doesn't work, I change it immediately. If that bass does not work, I really change it immediately, okay? So it's fast decision making, it's constraint, limitations, the more limitations you have, the better you will be. The problem is when you actually have endless samples to choose from, endless time to finish that track, when you have endless bars to just <laughs> put down a musical idea. All right? Tip number two, mix as you go. 
So as I am putting all of my instruments in a loop and I'm getting out of the loop in the arrangement part, I'm already mixing. I'm already mixing. I am deciding if that drum is too loud. I don't need to do that later down the road. I need to do this now. As soon as I put another instrument, I need to decide very quickly if that instrument is too loud or too low. Mixing is just about that. Mixing is about, is the drums too loud or too low? Is the guitar too loud or too low? All right? EQ is just another volume controller, if you will. The same is with compressor. Compressors are just adding to the dynamics and the energy of the track. Effects like rebirth and delay are just putting your music in a space. It's giving you a space of... Where is this music track being played? Is it in a studio? Is it being played in a concert hall? Where do you want to see this band playing? I always think of my compositions as a band, like there's actual people playing, all right? I don't see them as software. I don't see them as VST. So, so my band needs to be playing in a place, okay? And that place has a character. That studio, that concert hall has a character, has a, has a flavor, and that's what Rebirth does. But when it comes down to mixing, I, I want you to think of mixing in terms of just volumes. Bring that fader up or bring it down. Can you hear it? There's a rule, there's a 4 dB rule that if you can just bring a fader 4 dBs down or up, you should be asking yourself if you see any, any change or any increase or decrease in terms of volume. That's enough. To actually see, but I want you as well to even break those rules and go really against any rules when it comes down to can you hear it? Don't mix in solo. You should know that. You have your band, everybody's playing, just bring the bloody bass down if you think it's too much. Or bring the guitar up if you can't hear it. But you need to take that decision as you go quickly. Don't sit down on it too much. Don't don't listen to it too much. Just bring it up or down, all right? Apply that EQ as you go along. If it has too much bass, too much low frequency, all right, just cut it off. You don't, you don't need to be an expert in this. You don't need to have golden ears, and you don't need someone else to mix your music track either. You can do it. You need to take decisions faster, quicker. You need to be uh, trusting your ears. Your ears is the most important thing. All right. While you're writing this music track, while you're mixing as you go along, just trust your ears. And if you have a hard time trusting your ears, then close your eyes. As soon as you close your eyes and you start listening to your music, that uh, a sense of listening is going to be amplified. Because you're not being distracted now by your vision, looking at a bloody EQ, that if it's too, too much high frequency or too much low frequency, all right? Or if you're looking at the, at the DAW and being distracted by what you're looking at and how much gain reduction there is on a compressor, okay? Don't overdo it, but trust your ears and close your eyes and try to listen, all right? Tip number three, know when to stop. It's a very important concept, know when to stop. So if I'm composing on a loop, I need to know when too much is too much. How many more instruments do I need on my composition? I don't know. It's an important decision, though, to make. When is it too much? As I am composing, especially when I'm on a loop, I'm, I'm writing, all right? 
So I'm, I got my melodies, I got my chords, I got my rhythm section, I got everything. Oh, I get carried away. I want to add another layer of something. Deciding when too much is, is enough is an important decision. You should know when that time has come. And you can only get there by, by experience, by doing it again and again and again. That's why you need to write a lot. Be able to make mistakes. But most importantly, you need to trust yourself, trust your ears, trust your gut, and trust what you want to hear. And understand that at some point you're going to say, hey, that's enough. I don't need another layer of this. The same is when you're adding instruments. You put a, a drum, that's it. That, just leave it. Does it work? Leave it. You don't need to change that drum kit again. You don't need to EQ the snare. It's perfectly fine as it is. You're only wasting valuable time, and you're, you're going crazy in the process. All right. Now, there are some genres where you need to really uh, stay in the kick drum. All right, and really analyze it and really obsess about the kick. Okay, EDM is one of those genres. I understand that. But I have heard and I have seen many famous EDM producers saying that they use the same kick drum for all of the production. They went searching for that magical kick drum, and once they found it, that's the kick drum. They don't have to go and dig again. And they use the same kick drum for every single composition. I'm not saying that if you're an EDM producer, you have to do the same thing. I'm just saying you that there is a faster way to work. You have to find what works for you. For me, it has been, and to wrap it up again for this episode, it's number one, I write on a loop. That's my MO, if you will. Number two, I mix as I go. And number three, I know when to stop. I know when too much is enough. And it, it's just an instinct. It's just an, a thing that I have developed over the years. And I say, like, okay, I don't need another ledge. That's it. It's enough. You could add too much, and then it's a matter of getting rid of. And if you find yourself in that position of getting rid of instruments after you have added too much, that's a good place to be. You know, because then you're sacrificing something that you have already recorded and to let go of that part is kind of hard for some composers. I have no problems killing this type of uh, layers and, and overdubs. As much as I love them, I know when to kill my darlings, if you will. So that's a good exercise for you. And again, constraint and limitations is the name of the game. All right? Writing faster. How to compose a music track faster quicker and upload it the same day. Uh, listen, when I first got started, I, I, I wasn't this fast. And I'm not talking about fast and speed just for the sake of it. I'm just talking about that we need to really embrace the world that we live in. Everything is fast. Everything is quick. And music licensing is no different. If you were writing for somebody, if you were hired as a composer and they want like custom music, okay, you will get a phone call or an email and say, hey, we need music track like this. Now. Well, actually, we need it yesterday. Can you deliver this music track? Eh? And we want it like this. Here's a reference. We want something in that vein. And compose this track and send it to me by the end of the day. Four hours is enough to do that. I got friends who do custom music like this. I, I don't like it because I like the freedom of stock music uh, gives me, meaning that I have full control of the creative process. I don't like people telling me that I have to write music in a certain style. I, I just want to be a complete control freak. 
And, and I don't apologize for that. And that's why I love stock libraries. It's kind of like a thing that I can compose today, upload it, and it's like ticket or leave it kind of situation with a client. Uh, even back in the days in Audio Jungle, I had uh, on your profile, you can have if you're available for, for hire or something like that, for freelance, whatever that means. Uh, which, well, what it means is that if you sell a track on Audio Jungle, the client can contact you and say, hey, can you change this or can customize it or something like that. I only had that once. Somebody bought a track uh, in Japan or something and they wanted to change one of my, they wanted like a different version, like an edit of the track and I did it. It was for a theater play or something in Japan. Uh, but I don't like I don't like the back and forth. I don't like to to re-edit my music because somebody doesn't like the guitar or that. I, I just don't like that. So to me, it's not something that I take pleasure in. So so you have to know what works for you. And working faster is the name of the game. So sit down, compose a music track, upload it, finish it, file it up. That's it. It's done. All right. One of my latest coaching sessions with uh, this fantastic. Uh, composer and producer, and I have mentioned him on uh, episode 76, is one of the, the exercises, and he has been composing music track like that faster than ever before. In our coaching sessions, we did so many tracks plus the edits because it's about speed, it's about taking decisions, it's about output, okay? Quality comes after quantity. You cannot get to quality without the quantity. There's a lot of talk out there that you it's better to have the quality than quantity. That's nonsense, man. There's no way you can get to quality if you don't have the quantity. More output, not less. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode. Thank you for all the love and support. It really means the world to me. I really hope that wherever you are, you're writing music faster, quicker. And if you're not, then hurry up because time is limited. You don't get more time in this world. We really need to put a lot of effort into our music, but we can as well uh, increase the output. And by increasing the output, you increase the possibilities of you making sales. And of course, growing your catalog online. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. I love you all. As always, rock and roll. And here's to your success. 